Hey, this is Mike Bob, and I'm a guy who used to make things, and sometimes I still do. These days, I prefer making podcasts, and I have a new one called Soundtrack to My Life. On this podcast, I talk to different creative people about the music that shaped them. Sometimes the conversations are funny, and sometimes they're just kind of sweet. I love that Pina Colada song. Yeah, I do. Rihanna has had a huge impact on my songwriting. I'm diving into the ocean, finding that one fish that has the toxins, and I'm just drinking those toxins all day. Maybe they're saying, like, you should now go forth and rock. It's like a peace be with you situation. I also have a playlist called F Jams. One and two. <laughs> Just in case. We dance to a jazz version of my favorite things. Soundtrack to my life. It's available exclusive on Spotify. It's a exclusive. I'm going to try to make that word take off. It's a music plus talk show, meaning I can play songs in their entirety. So think of this as an interactive playlist with some of the coolest creative people I know. And you should know, too. Soundtrack to my life. A Spotify exclusive. Hi, I'm Mike Bobbitt. I am a lot of things. I'm a comedian, I'm a podcaster, I'm a writer, an actor, and a storyteller. But most of all, I'm a dad now. Movies were an important part of my childhood, and I'm hoping they'll be an important part of my kids' childhood, too. So through this podcast, I talk to my friends about movies that were important to them when they grew up, and I also talk to my friends who are parents about their experiences introducing their own kids to movies. This is Movies for Kids. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever grow up. Sometimes I wonder if I know it's me. I know it's me. I'm talking to my friend Jonathan Robertson, who we have been friends for 19 years. I did the math on that. And I get like a real kick out of talking to my friends that are parents now, who I first knew as like goobers. And it's nice seeing this other completely different side to them as like really, really good dads. And like, <laughs> you're you're in that category, Jonathan. So thank you okay. for talking to me about being a parent. <laughs> okay. And, and by the way, this is a completely family friendly podcast. That's why I called you a goober instead of the stuff I would normally call you. Did I swear will you beat me? I will creatively edit around it. I've had to do it a lot. It would be it'd be funnier though if there's like you know what? I had to do that with one of them where I was like, oh, those are really good points. But then the bleeping got distracting. So I was like, I'm going to have to miss uh-huh. some of these points. Like even with the bleeping, you're like, yeah, you know what he's saying. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Right. So let's start by um, brag about Dylan. You have an exceptional daughter. I've been <laughs> friends with you and your wife, Hillary, like I said, for 19 years. And right. in that time, you guys have created really the perfect pairing of the two of you and your daughter Dylan who is the best of both of you and and you and Hillary are two really exceptional people so it's no surprise well, that you have an exceptional daughter so tell me about Dylan she also she also has the worst of both of us oh yeah 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 well you there know. is no bad side to Hillary but yeah she does have the worst of you <laughs> <laughs> no she your is, wife is delightful she is a delight Yes, yeah. she is a delight. She is absolutely perfect in every way. You're right. You're right about that. But when it comes to me, she got both the good and the bad. And your bad is just <laughs> silly bad. Like you don't have any legit bad. You like me 
are a little too silly sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's the um, uh, you know, she Dylan and Dylan is a she's a great kid. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Than, yeah. Know, yeah. Um, she is uh, determined, and she has a a one track mind when she wants to try to accomplish something. And you know, at, at fifteen, she's accomplished quite a bit, believe it or not. Um, oh yeah. But yeah. When um, when push comes to shove, she is stubborn mm-hmm. to the point where uh, me and Hillary both, my wife, both look at each other and go, "She got that from you." And we both <laughs> point at each other. Yeah, you guys are <laughs> you guys are both very stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she's a humongous uh, smart butt. We have to keep it clean. Yeah, um, <laughs> to the point where I, I don't know sometimes how to handle it because I hear the words coming out of her mouth and I see myself saying that and she will do that to anybody who crosses her path. Yeah. We constantly have to tell her, put on the brakes, <laughs> you know, slow down, put on the brakes. It's not that big a deal. Does she have a hard time sometimes because she's so incredibly driven? Does she have a hard time sometimes with like friends that don't have her drive? You know, it, it goes both ways. Um, a lot of the time, some of her friends are scared of her. Okay. Because she has such a drive, you know, she plays water polo. That's her, her sport she decided to cling on to. And um, a lot of the girls for a while wouldn't practice with her because practice to a lot of teammates were um, a fun time. Mm-hmm. Let's have fun, get in the water, let's practice. And Dylan is playing like she is playing the last game of a tournament that's going to decide if she's getting the medal or not. That's how she practices, yeah. 24-7. But um, she, the friends she does have are, are just as driven, and she's found her people. You're, you're a young dad, you'll find out. You'll find out a lot about your kid when you find out who their people are. Okay. When they find their, when they find their tribe, because believe it or not, I mean, when you have a kid, you're with them day in and day out, and you you know try to talk to them, and you try to figure what figure out what their what their mindset is, and as they get older, they don't want to share that with you. They just don't. It's just the way it is. I did it when I was a teenager. I'm sure you did it when you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. Parents are dumb. I don't want to talk to them. But you see the reflection of their personality come out when they start hanging out with their friends. You know, you, you now, gotta get a sense. These are these are good kids, which means she must be a good kid. I remember that you were kind of worried at one point in time about her finding her people because you and Hillary, like me, grew up in the Midwest, but Dylan is growing up in a completely different environment. You guys live in Pasadena and uh-huh. you know, she's going to school with the children of, you know, famous people and big wigs and Hollywood and stuff. Right. But you're happy with the, the people that she's found then. She's got a, she's got a really good sense of what's right and what's wrong. But mm. She is, you know, she's one of those bleeding hearts that, you know, sees the injustice, but she, and it's hard to explain, but she doesn't really take stock into what mom and dad do for a living or the people that they have that they hang out with. She doesn't really care. Yeah. She does. She care less. We've always treated our jobs as a job. You know, we never quite got hung up in the whole Hollywood going to parties and this person's my friend and this person's my friend. We don't care. And I think that reflects a lot on her. And I think, you know, the people she hangs out with, I don't think any of them are really in the film business. This is the part of the podcast where I heap uncomfortable compliments on you, especially because you and I have the kind of brotherly friendship where we um, give each other a hard time. Like, 
99%. I, you know what? I don't actually know that you and I have ever actually had a serious conversation in the entire time we've been friends. But let, let me say nice things about you, and I, I want you to sit there and take it for a minute. Okay, I'll be squirming in my seat. You worked in the art department on Mad Men, and when Mad Men ended after a very long run, things in Los Angeles and California changed to where... It just became easier for productions to pick up in Louisiana and Georgia. So when a lot of your co-workers and the people you had networked with for years were getting ready for their next gig, it meant leaving the state. And because at the time you had a preteen daughter, being a dad was the first and foremost important thing to you. And you had a lot of stress during that time. You were without a job for over a year, if I remember right. Yeah, it was like nine months. Okay. And it was a stressful time for you. I joked when I said we'd never had a serious conversation, but you did what was best for the family and Mm -hmm. you were squirming because you are a person that needs to be creating constantly. And all that downtime on your hands was driving you absolutely crazy. I don't think you ever really let that show, you know, obviously Hillary knows you even better than I do. So I'm sure she picked up on it and I picked up on it too, that, Oh my God, free time. You and I are both two people who don't really know how to relax very well. Like we always have to be creating (laughs) stuff. And, you know, and then Hillary was lucky enough to end up getting a job where she was able to work from home, which freed you up to be able to take a very short term out of state job in Louisiana, which was very rough on you because you were away from the family. And it was during that period where you were not working and then you were working far from home that I really consciously became aware of the fact that you are an exceptional dad, an exceptional husband. And that isn't a thing that always comes easy. Sometimes it's a lot of work and you carried yourself with such a cheerful disposition during all of it. It was during that time that I was like, man, I'm really fortunate to have a friend like Jonathan. (laughs) What a good role model. What What a good way to show me the right way to do things, you know, be what a good influence on me. And I I never really told you that, but I really admired you during that time. Are you, um, are you dying? I I already died, Jonathan. I died in 1994. I've been a ghost this whole time. (laughs) I'm not talking about soul crushing. I'm talking about actual dying. <laughs> no, I'm not dying. Well, I think you might. That was um, uncomfortable. I think I, when I do when I do pass away, hopefully years from now, I'm going to have you speak at the funeral. You thinking I'm going to outlive you is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. But I will speak at your funeral. <laughs> How much does a gig like that pay? Uh, you know what? I will put like two hundred bucks aside to take this to my when he when I when I pass away. I don't leave the house for less than five hundred. Okay, that's that's fine. I'll give five hundred out so he's gonna say a couple of nice things about me. <laughs> because he's the only one I can get say nice things, and I had to pay him for it. <laughs> uh. Uh, well, yes, uh, it's not it's, as you know, being a parent's not easy. <laughs> yeah, 
you, and you guys are just hitting the tip of the iceberg here. You guys got a long way to go. The premise of this podcast initially started as, you know, it's still called Movies for Kids, for lack of a better title, even though I realize that there are way more important things about being a good parent than what movies to introduce them to. But I, I still like to try to shoehorn that in. So what right. kind of entertainment did Dylan grow up with? Just about everything. She has now found her niche of what she likes, and it's pretty shocking. It's it's surprising to me. She actually called herself a nerd. Okay. Because of the things she likes. Entertainment-wise, she collects comic books. Oh, wow. She listens to really artsy music, and she has gravitated toward musicals. Is for nice. her movies. Enjoyment. So she oh, good. could watch West Side Story over and over again, and she quotes it all the time. She did just yesterday about how many bullets are in the gun, Rico. (laughs) (laughs) She really, really likes musicals. And so we have at our house a movie jar that we write down movies when we think of them, what movie we'd like to watch as a family. We have family movie nights. We do it outside. We've been doing it since quarantine happened. Yeah, you you project. You have a nice screen. And yeah, it's very cool. the argument's always been, you know, I when I watch a movie outside my backyard, I want it to be loud and obnoxious. I want like a Michael Bay. I want stuff to blow up. Mm-hmm. Hillary wants like Hillary wants to watch like art films outside. Right. So, yeah, it's like, what are you? No, I don't want to watch this. Movie. I have something to watch on the couch to fall asleep to. Um, and Dylan wants to watch a musical, so we've always kind of gone around and out about it. And we try to give Dylan what she wants when it comes to movie night because it's like that's not an argument I'm going to hit. It's, I'm going to pick my battles. That's not one of them. Right. You know, to end the arguments and the, you know, why are we watching West Side Story for the third weekend in a row? We made a movie jar. You can put in as many movies as you want. You can on a piece of paper. Every Friday afternoon, we someone digs their hand in the jar and picks out a movie, and that's the movie we're going to watch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no matter what. Like, that's what we're going to watch. This week, we pulled out... Hillary put down a lot of... Um, Tom Hanks movies, thinking Tom Hanks movies were, you know, the good old lucky guy type movies. Yeah. No matter what we pull out of the jar, we know we're watching no matter what. That's a great compromise. That's awesome. Let me wrap up with this. What did you watch growing up and what were you excited to introduce her to? I had a weird upbringing as far as movies go. My mom really liked Well, you're older than I am. So should I rephrase it? Like what of the talkies did you grow up with? (laughs) Excuse me, you are like five years older than I, Esther. You are older than I am by no one or two years. All right, at the same time, say what year you were born. Well, Ready? We're both going to lie. No, go I'm going to tell Ready? the. I'll tell the truth. I will too. I know what year you were born, though. What year do you think I was born? 1970. Nope. Yes, you were. There's no way I'm older than you. You're so much wiser. I am not. I was born in 1972. You're not 50 yet? No, I'm 48. Oh, you're such a liar. Anyways. I was born in 1972. You were born in 1970, weren't you? Yes, I was. Yeah, I know. I always thought you were older than me. No, I just look awful. (laughs) (laughs) I always looked up to you. No, I'm shorter than you. I'm short. I'm shorter than you. (laughs) Okay, on the count of three, let's both say how tall we are. I don't know. You don't know how tall you are? No, because, five, no. Because you're shrinking? Because you're older than I am? Oh, for God's sake. I'm 5'8". Eight. Eight. <laughs> I think I'm 5'8". Okay, we're about the same type. I, I thought, five, you, I thought yeah. you were about an inch taller than me. I carry myself better. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you have much more of a spring in your step. <laughs> okay, your weird childhood. What were you excited it's to introduce her to? Yes. I, um, now it's a Mike and Jonathan conversation. <laughs> my mom, yes, my mom likes horrors. And so we got to watch Trolls, Trolls 2. Apparently, I didn't know this until I was way into my teens, but my mom really liked the Italian zombie movies. Really? We would watch them, and I didn't know what made them so different until I was older and then learned about the Italian zombie movies and thought, my mom was a huge fan of those. That's funny. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, and one movie that sticks out that I'll always remember, my mom not making us watch because I enjoyed them. I think my sisters were a little different. They they didn't really, but um, a movie called Children Should Play With Dead Things. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so for people who don't know, if it's a low-budget, low, low-budget film students are going to go film a zombie movie on an island. And once they get there, they dig up some bodies so they didn't have to pay for special effects, and lo and behold, the bodies come to life. Mm-hmm. So that had a huge impact on me. So when I, when I first came out to Hollywood, the first thing couple of things I worked on were B-movie slasher movies. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah, one of the first things you worked on was Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, and then I went to um, Ride of Reanimator. Oh, wow. And then I worked on Howling 6. <laughs> I mean, we did a bunch of slasher movies to start out. They were just low-budget movies. And then, yeah, because I thought, I was like, this is it. This is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we call the fake blood. Yeah. But yeah, that was my movie upbringing. And I do remember, I remember one time my mom taking me out of school early, like she actually came to the school, took me out early. And I'm like, where are we going? What's going on? And she's like, oh, we're going to go to the movies. And she took me to go see the R-rated version of Saturday Night Fever. And I was probably, well, 1976, right? Yes, I was going to say 77, 76. I was six or seven years old. Yeah, did that. I just started picturing you in a white leisure suit and your trademark Detroit Tigers cap. <laughs> so have you introduced Dylan to disco movies or horror movies or no? Well, she probably would like Saturday Night Fever. You know, there's a lot of music there. Yeah, she has seen Saturday Night Fever. We actually were in the car yesterday and um, More Than a Woman came on. Mm-hmm. I got playlists I had and she's like, this is such a good song. Aww. And I was like, yeah, all right, yeah. yeah. I mean, she likes she likes ACDC. I mean, she listens to the new stuff, but you know, she definitely has a an acquired. She has a, she has a an eclectic taste in music. She follows a lot of our leads as far as um. I mean, Hillary's more of the Janet Jackson, you know, that type of music, and I have ACDC and what's that point. If I give you one more compliment, are we good for 19 more years? <laughs> yeah, you're already making me feel uncomfortable, so go ahead and go ahead and go. You for have it. impeccable taste in music. You have really, really <laughs> good taste in music. You've introduced well, me you. to a lot of bands, and uh, yeah, your music collection is very solid. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me, man. I, I love the three of you to death. You made California feel like home. Yeah. I miss you tremendously and i am incredibly thankful that you and i are buddies well thanks mike i enjoy you as a friend too i i think i also said that i love you and i don't think you said it back oh i have a hard time with that but um i love you too (laughs) (laughs) i'll try to pitch it down at the end so it doesn't sound like a question (laughs) 